Podcast. Hello, everyone. Boker Tove. Welcome back to the Very Nice Podcast. I'm Yoni. And I'm Manny. Um, this is this is quite amazing. So if you guys don't recall from our last episode, we announced that we would be in Israel for the next four weeks or so, and that our next three or four podcasts would be from Israel. So we are currently in the Holy Land of Israel, across the Atlantic, across the world of where we are, of where we're from, Denver, Colorado. It's very true. It, um... It is. It's quite. It's quite uh, surreal. We are currently on top of a building in a kibbutz, which we will explain what that is later. Um, in the Negev, a desert. In the middle of the desert, in the south of Israel. Um, in the morning, the birds are chirping. Hopefully, they don't get too much into the audio. But if they do, so be it. Yeah, you that's guys, nature. Exactly. You guys can enjoy some nature sounds while you hear a beautiful, soothing voices that have both been lost. So if we sound a little different. It's not only the fact that we're using portable mics, it's also the fact that we both lost our voices already. Yeah, I did contract bronchitis. Yeah. <laughs> Manny does have bronchitis. We, we, were, we made this joke on the trip. We're like, you know what? If it's like, God doesn't want Manny to leave the Holy Land. Manny, Manny will stay here. He will not return. It's okay, guys. They, so uh, we'll be here. They took me to an Israeli doctor. He uh, told me I was a good American boy, and I got the meds I need to survive this thing. Yeah, so basically everybody on our trip has um, gotten, gotten pretty fucking sick, um, including myself. So we're suffering a bit, but we're all getting a little better. Um, and yeah, and so we did say we would have guests, but we're recording this on uh, Shabbat, which is the holy day of rest in Judaism, and everybody's zonked out. So it's just me and Manny. Yeah, literally everyone's asleep. It's Vibing like, on the roof. It's pretty, pretty. Yeah, but I'm like thinking next episode we will have, I really think it'd be cool if we did, so I don't know, I guess we'll see what you guys think since we'll have a week in between to decide. We'll leave it up to you guys. If you guys want to have like rotating guests every 10 minutes just to meet some people on the trip because we got some funny motherfuckers on our trip. That is a fantastic idea. Thank you. Um. But yeah, back to Kibbutzim. You're probably wondering what the fuck that is. So basically, where we're at right now, it's quite funny because Israel is a capital. It's a capitalist nation, right? It's got a free market economy. But in Israel, there's these small communities, mainly in like more rural areas, like the north of Israel or the south of Israel, and they're literally like mini utopia communist societies, and they they're really nice, like. They they basically like everyone works on the kibbutz and for the kibbutz and they all get provided stuff and I mean yeah that basically sums it up. What yeah. are your thoughts on it? Well, so essentially, I think another important thing to add is essentially the whole idea of a kibbutz is you work and live for your community, and the kibbutz team tend to be like in more desolate areas. Like this is literally in the middle of the desert, and in the desert you kind of have to rely on other people. And the interesting thing is some people work for the kibbutz. Like, they will be a farmer, etc. But then other people work outside of the kibbutz, such True. as, like, a doctor who goes and works at a hospital. But if they're a member of the kibbutz, their entire paycheck goes directly the, to the kibbutz. And 
everyone gets the same thing. The only like real difference in terms of like what people receive is how many kids they have. You need a bigger house with more kids. So like it's basically communism. Yeah, definitely. I mean and I'm not like super sure on the difference between socialism and communism, but I would call it more like a socialist utopia just because like in terms of like who has the power, like I remember on this kibbutz, kibbutz Ketorah, we're near a lot, which is in the very south of Israel. They like rotate power every two years. Oh, it's so that, that that is a good that's a good way to. But I mean, they're the the economic wise, communism and socialism are very similar. So, um, yeah, I'd I would say socialism. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because it's essentially a cult minus uh, a leader, like a single leader. You know. Yeah, and a lot of them actually aren't very religious. Like last night, it's so cool. So, like, as we said, like, everything's provided, right? So, like, they have soccer fields, they have a pool, ping pong tables, playgrounds. And the thing is, the thing that I've been thinking of is, is a lot of people on the trip were like, because we're all Americans, right? And Americans are much more individualistic than other nations. A lot of other nations are more family oriented and community oriented. Very true. So, a lot of people on the trip were like, I would never live here. Like, I want what I earn. Like, I, I want the money that I earn. I want to be, like, individual, you know, all those things. Right. But I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, if you're a doctor or, like, if you, like, become, like, a CEO of a company, then you could probably afford all these things. But, like, the average person, like, my parents don't have their own pool or we don't have a ping pong table. We don't have a so- our own soccer field. We don't have all these, like, anonymities or amenities. service amenities. <laughs> Or services that the kibbutz offers, and they got to keep their own money. And like, yes, there's perks to having that autonomy. You know, you get to do what you want with your money. But you know, I think like it would be like I would I wouldn't mind living on a kibbutz if I'm older because one, instead of having to save up like millions of dollars for retirement, you can like work like part time as an older person and enjoy all like the, the amenities. The perks of retirement. And that's what a lot of... There's a lot of American Jews who made Aliyah, which is like the ceremony to like move to Israel and become citizens. Um, there's a lot of American Jews here that moved to Israel because... Like for like retirement, basically. Or like actually, no. The guy that we met moved here like 40 years ago. But like still. I think it's very interesting. No, that's actually a good point because essentially because everyone pitches in their entire salary into the community... They really think of everything as theirs, you know? So someone says, oh, yeah, this is my pool. You know, it's not the kibbutz's pool. It's my pool because I am, like... Yeah, the only thing is you just have to share with everybody. But it's not. it doesn't seem that crowded. No, yeah, definitely not. So I thought that was cool. Right now where we're sitting, we're sitting on the rooftop of our guest house. And to our right is Jordan, the country. And to our left is Egypt, the other country which I just think is pretty redonkadonk. We're in the middle of the Middle East, guys. Yeah, so actually, kind of, that just reminds me, we have a very interesting tour guide. I think a lot of kids on our trip, what he talks about kind of goes right over their head, but his, like, big thing is he's just very interested in nature, and one topic he talks a lot about is basically Israel. Ooh, Israel is basically what bridges Africa with, like, the Arab Peninsula. It does. It's like in between three continents. Right. Europe, Asia, and Africa. Right. And as, as e- you know, Egypt's literally in Africa, you know. And, and you know, Jordan's literally in uh, 
Asia Peninsula. Oh yeah, but yeah. yeah, and like we and we can literally see both. And the crazy thing that he was talking about was Israel actually has some ecological things from both. So we were on a hike one day, and he stopped us, and he said, so this is actually the southernmost Iranian pistachio tree, and then that bird flying above us is an African something bird, and he's like a Nabur's an Arabian bird, and it's just like, basically what he was trying to say is that nature has no, has no borders, you know? So like, despite all like the issues with Israel and like whatever people think, Nature doesn't really care, and Israel is kind of the place where everything meets here, which I think is pretty neat. It is cool. He knows a, he's very environmentally conscious. Our tour guide, Adam, shout out to Adam. Our our staff is like there's just like getting into just like the trip itself. It's been a week, and there's just so much shit to unravel. First of all, I feel like it's only fair to discuss our. Um, our security guard, right? So we have a security guard provided on our trip. His name's Danny, or his full name's Daniel, but he goes by Danny, a Russian security guard. Did you hear like this, like his, like what happened to him? I've heard a little. A little. <laughs> You've heard rumors. So our our boy Danny, right? The chillest security guard ever. Got a little bit of a dad bod. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. An absolute chiller of a man. He almost threw me into a fire when we went camping, but we won't talk about that. Even though he's supposed to protect us. This man has been through so much. This man was stabbed two times by two separate ex-girlfriends, right? So he got stabbed by one ex-girlfriend and then another. And they were both like on his inner thigh, and I'm pretty sure they were reaching for, you know, his pee-pee. Russian, the Russians, man, I don't Russian know. Russian girlfriends are... Don't date a Russian, <laughs> gentlemen and ladies. Who knows? I don't know if you want to date Danny. Definitely not. <laughs> Um, and then, and then this man served in the Russian army. I think he was like forced to or something. And so he served for two years and then he was deployed to Afghanistan and was shot there in the back. And then he was also shot in Jerusalem in the IDF. And then he was stabbed one more time in a street fight. Don't tell me by another ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, this time, this time he was stabbed in a, in a street fight in Tiberias, which is not a very good city. It's like kind of like... I don't know. I don't know. I want to make a comparison to any other city, but like a city with bad crime. Chirac, Chicago. I guess that's is that in Chicago? Yeah, I guess that's a good comparison. Um, and yeah, so he just has like a a, a knife, like because he was using his fist. So there's like a knife wound right in his between his knuckle. He punched a knife. Yeah, exactly. I was like <laughs> that animal. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a good. I mean, that's kind of a good block. I mean. It's the best thing you could do besides actually blocking it because it probably would have just gone into his chest. Totally. So let me let me share another interesting part of the trip. We uh, basically started our trip uh, in Jerusalem, and when we had to quarantine at first, when it ended, we started exploring a bit. And, you know, interestingly enough, basically the way Jerusalem is built, for those of you who aren't aware, is there... There is basically an old city that's been there for thousands and thousands of years. And then there's just, like, the new infrastructure around it. And the old city contains, like, a lot of holy sites. It allegedly contains, you know, the site where Jesus was both crucified and buried. 
And then resurrected, because he only and was buried for three days. Apparently. Right. It also contains, you know, the Dome of the Rock, which is super holy in Islam. It also contains the Kotel, the Western Wall, which is basically the most holy site in Judaism. And, you know, very few people live there. I think it, a lot of people for the space, it's like half a mile, half a square mile, and like yeah. maybe 20,000 people. But apparently, like this site is one of the most contested places in the world, right? And I asked my tour guides, what would happen? Because like in the old city, there there's a Jewish quarter and Arab, not Arab, uh, Muslim. a Muslim quarter, a Christian quarter, and an Armenian an quarter. Armenian quarter. They were the uh, the Armenians were the first people to accept Jesus. Um, and I asked my tour guide what would happen if Israel kicked them all out and said, "Just Jews," which Israel doesn't do. I've, everyone's allowed to be there. Yeah. And, and the tour guide said, that. "World War Three. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that he said that because my dad used the exact same word when it wasn't about it was pretty much a, a very similar hypothetical scenario. It was basically like if the Jews like destroyed the Dome of the Rock or like took it over. So not like the entire old city, but even that like World War Three, because I was like because I, I, this was like when I was like much younger, like I was a kid and I was, you know, like like this isn't fair. Like our holy site was where the Dome of the Rock is. Right. Yeah, so that's another important thing. The Western Wall was basically an outer wall of... The Temple Mount, which was the like the the foundation of where the temple was. Right, It wasn't right. even the Temple and Wall. And when the temple was destroyed by the Romans, you know, the Temple Mount remained. And then on top of the Temple Mount is where the Dome of the Rock is now. Yeah, it was built a little later on. I don't know when, but... So literally under the Dome of the Rock is where the temple stood. <laughs> yeah, so as a kid, I was like, what if, like, like, what if we started praying up there? Like, what if we took it as ours? Because, like, apparently they have the, it's, there's this thing called the Creation Rock, which was in the, the temple, the second temple. But I think uh, they just... No, the Foundation Rock. The Foundation right? Rock, which is, like, the holiest thing. It was, like, I don't know. Was it, like, the first rock ever made or something? No, I think the Foundation Rock was, like... I have no idea. All I know is the Ark of the Covenant held the Ten Commandments, like the tablets and Moses' staff, which is just the most badass thing ever. And it could be under there. Like, imagine... I know, that's another thing that is very important detail, is we... the Israel and just the Jewish people are not allowed to excavate, which is, like, to basically dig and find stuff, basically, be like, in, like, under the Dome of the Rock, which is where the temple was. Right, which is very interesting, um... Because obviously we, our tour guides are Israeli, so we get like an Israeli bias like view of things. But yeah, um, Israel basically has ex- excavated like almost the entire Jewish quarter, like underneath it. Because like, it's our like, jurisdiction, right? Looking okay. for past, and they've found old, civ- like older civilizations based yeah. off of you know the types of buildings underneath. And someone asked why like the Muslim quarter doesn't want to know what's under there, and. Our <laughs> and our yeah and our Jewish tour guide said, well maybe they just don't want to like find out who was there first. Yeah, because then it gives legitimacy to the group of maybe us, maybe somebody else, you know. And I thought that was interesting, but then he was like, I I, I can't tell you. I'm, you know, he's not Muslim. Yeah, he's like yeah. So it doesn't. It's not necessary. Yeah. The other thing is like, imagine you let like Israel do it and the don't. 
Like the Dome of the Rock just falls into the <laughs> ground into a sinkhole. Like They're like, oh shit, we are, our calculations were wrong. We were, a tunnel we built actually dis- just disrupted the foundation of the entire Temple, temple Mount. Mount. Yeah, so like that wouldn't be great either. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the Israelis would fuck that up. We're pretty good at like math. But yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be highly unfortunate. That would cause World War Three. They'd be like, Fuck you guys. But it's very interesting how that would start World War Three, because, like, it's interesting you can ask, like, how, but, like, it makes sense. Like, just, like, the amount of violence and conflict that would take place. Like, you think violence and conflict take place with, like, very minor things here. Every Muslim nation would declare a war on Israel. (laughs) Jerusalem is a a very fragile place. There is stuff happening. It's a very volatile place. There's stabbings, like, at least once a year. As um, our tour guide said, and, like, the Damascus Gate, which is where... which is where, like, the Palestinians and Arabs, like, enter to go to the old city to visit what, their Muslim quarter. It's a very volatile gate. He likes to use that word. There, you know, violence breaks out occasionally, riots and stuff. So it's interesting, and it's just such a fragile city, and it's so controversial. And what I really thought was funny, which is kind of off topic, but, like, civilization after civilization just built on top. Like, one society was destroyed, and then they just built on top. And there's, like, six different layers to, like, Jerusalem. Like, that's why we went into so many tunnels and, like, like we were underground. And, like, remember those pillars, like, that would, used to be part of a Roman market? Yeah. Like, that was technically underground. Wait, it was just very interesting. Now I really want to know if Moses' tablets are under it. Dude, that was, I think, like, I don't know if that was part of the first temple. Like, nothing is, like, it's the first temple, there's nothing left of it. So I don't know. if it, I don't know if they had it in the second temple. I have to double check that. Well, because I know that there's definitely some, like, type of really important thing that they say is buried in the desert, but maybe that was, like, the Beit Hamikdash they carried around when they were in Yeah, they had, like, a portable uh, temple, which is kind of live. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the interesting thing that I, like, only kind of learned recently? What? Is that both Christianity and Islam actually build on Judaism for, like, explaining their religion. Because they basically say, oh, yeah, so when, by the time Jesus came around, they were doing it wrong. And he tried to show them the right way. But then he was killed before he could, and then other people spread it. But then Islam is like, no, Jesus was showing the right way. But he didn't have the whole picture. Muhammad had the whole picture. So it's just like, Judaism's like the... It's the foundation of monotheism, you could say, because Hinduism was around before that, but they have, like, thousands right. of gods. Right, and while there are, obviously, other religions that are monotheistic that maybe came b- even before, Judaism's, like, has a the only has one played a bigger role. That, I think, I mean, like, all from what I know, like, we are, like, there could have been, but there's no, like, evidence, historical evidence of, like, religions before Judaism that believed in only one god. Actually, that's another interesting thing I'll talk about. You know, something very interesting about being in Israel is you go to these sites, and they straight out, straight up tell you like what the site, what happened at the site in the Bible, like the Temple Mount where the old city is. Apparently, that's the same mountain Avraham took his son to sacrifice him. I know. And you're like, what? (laughs) Like where we are now? Something else. Um, we visited David Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister of Israel's grave, and that was where uh, Moses struck a rock and was forbidden of entering the land. Like, that's crazy. That like, yeah. Anyways. 
Um, it is. Yeah. So that's one interesting thing. And, like, regardless of whether or not you believe the the Bible and, like, that has any significance, something I found very interesting is basically is basically this. The Jewish people, or at least the ones who created the stories or lived them, depending on what you believe, were alive 5,000 years ago, maybe a bit longer. And they created these legends that are still, that still have a huge impact today, right? Judaism, Christianity, Islam are all founded and based on that, you know? It was one of Avraham's, Avraham is the father of all three religions. He is. That's why, like, people like to say, like, we're brothers. And exactly. Sisters, which I like. <laughs> and you look at that. I was just in Guatemala, as we talked about, and I was at nine ruins that are 5,000 years old. What kind of impact? The impact that the Mayans had on the modern world in terms of, like, religion is next to none. Yet somehow the stories in Israel, right, which is just in the middle of, uh, between the Arab Peninsula and Africa, right, somehow the stories here that happened 5,000 years ago have impacted the world so greatly that billions of people to this day are still impacted by it. And so, like, regardless... and. I was thinking, why? Like, what about the stories that were created here were so special that that they carried out through the whole world? And the thing I thought of, and the only real separator, is monotheism. I was about to say. It's the idea that Judaism was the first ones to, to really believe in the idea of oneness, you know, to believe in unity. Because, and obviously that then led to Christianity, and that then led to Islam. And it's just very, very interesting. <coughs> so, yeah, pretty cool being here for the show. Yeah, it's Manny's first time. I can just tell he's enjoying it, soaking it in. I love coming back here. Like, I already have the stuff we've done on this trip is stuff I haven't done, like the water tunnels in the city of David, which is, like, right outside the old city. Just so much cool stuff. But, like, back to the app. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, I think monotheism is, like, the X factor, sort of. And I guess that really st- struck people. Because at the time of Avraham, he was, like, the only motherfucker. He's, like, everybody was praying to idols when, like, when he grew up, you know? You want to tell the idol story? Oh, is it, like, when he, um... Is it, like, when he, like, broke a yeah. statue? I don't know. I can't, like, I don't know. Uh, I can tell it. So, basically, Avraham, when he was a child worked in an idol shop. You know, his father owned it. And basically people would come in, they would buy a statue, and they would take it home, and they would pray to it. Because that was their god, you know? Pray to your statue, come buy your statue. Yeah, literally, right? And it was his father owned it. And there were all different types of idols. There were small ones, there were big ones. There there was one that was even ginormous, right? And one day his father has has to go on some errands, and he says, Avram, I need you to watch the shop. Watch the shop for me. By the way, his name was not Avraham. It was Abraham. His name changed to Avraham to make himself closer to God later on. But at that point in time, his name was Abraham. Um, So he says, Abraham, watch the shop. And he goes, okay. And his dad leaves, and while he's gone, takes a hammer. And he proceeds to smash every single statue in the store. Until the very until he comes to the very biggest statue, every other one's destroyed. And instead of destroying this idol, he puts the hammer in its hand. And then a customer comes in and says, "I would like to buy an idol." And he says, 
oh, well, as you can see, this one destroyed them all. And they say, that's impossible. You know, idols can't destroy things. And he goes, so why do you pray to it? The person walks out. Is that, like, the person says, oh my god, I never thought of that, walks out. Happens two more times until his father comes back, and his father's freaking out. You know, his entire inventory is <laughs> My inventory. <laughs> and he says, Abraham, what the fuck? why did you do this? And he said, I didn't. Statue. It was, it was the idol. The idol broke him And all. he goes, what are you talking about? It couldn't have been. That's like the most old, that's like the most OG story, like, of like, um... Like, my dog ate my homework. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the original my dog ate my homework story. It really is. That's, that's hilarious. Great. I'm just thinking about that now. No, yeah, so. That was the story. Yeah, and I think, um, like, did God, like, did he, like, did God, like, kind of, like, communicate with him and, like, told him to do it and that's why he did it? Or was he just, like, fuck it? I, I think feel he, like God, like, came down and was, like, Abraham. I think he said fuck it. He just, he, he, he woke up and chose violence. That morning. Exactly. It's interesting because if God didn't command him, then he was kind of like, maybe that's why God chose him to be the father of Judaism. Actually, because he was there like, definitely was a specific reason that like he did something and people, and God was like, yeah, this, this is the homie. He woke up and chose violence. That's, that was it. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about the Torah and the Bible is there's actually only one person who God ever spoke directly to. Moses? Yeah, and Abraham wasn't one of them. Yeah. Like every other person only was only spoke to God in their dreams. Yeah, it was like indirect. Moses, God just set a bush on fire. He was like, Moses. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd pass out. I'd pass out. Dude, I would fucking, I'd be like, yo. I would freak out just with the responsibility. Like, imagine like at some point in your life, God comes down and communicates with you. And you, like, know it's him. Well, I mean, then you, what you're talking about is another famous story, Jonah and the whale. Oh, yeah. That's basically a story where, you know, God comes to Jonah in a dream and says, you need to go to this city and tell them to repent. It's, like, the most evil city, very dangerous people. And Jonah's like, if I go to that city and tell them God told me to tell you to repent, they'll literally murder me. <laughs> they'll be like, this motherfucker, so crazy. He, he's like, no. And then God's like, do it. He's like, I have to run away from God. So he, he hops on a boat. Hops on a boat. Starts swimming, and then one day a bad storm comes, and God gets a whale to swallow him. And then inside the whale, he's like, do it. And he's like, fine. So the whale spits him out, and then he goes to the city, tells him to repent. They listen, and they repent. Actually, an interesting commentary says that the reason they repented is the king of the city was the former pharaoh who experienced the ten plagues. Oh, so he's like, I don't want to fuck with God. Yeah, exactly. I do not want to fuck with God. That is, um, yeah, there's so many interesting stories like that in Judaism. And I. Speaking of Jonah and the whale, I saw on the news that someone was literally swallowed by a whale. Where? I think in the U.S. They're like a lobster fisher guy. Oh, shit. And like, he literally was like, it felt like I got hit by a truck. And then Wait, it was he's alive? He's alive. So he, like, was swallowed just like Jonah and, like, was just he, vibing in the whale? He got spit out. That's hilarious. Yeah, but he was like, I thought, he, it was, like, pitch black, and he was like, where am I? And then he realized there were no teeth. He was like, oh, my fucking God, I am inside of a whale. 
It's like tickled its that's tongue. Like. It must have tickled its tongue or something, and then it spit him out. That's actually a smart. That's a smart way to get out. Well, he, I don't think he meant to. He was, he just was in there. He, just he was in there around. for forty-five seconds. <laughs> that is a long time. Think I guess about enough it. time to like get your bearings and be like. I'm in a fucking whale. I know. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that oh my gosh um yeah uh what was like oh my god so we're outside right now guys and just like so you're more thankful of the dedication to our podcast well one we just love making these podcasts and we'll, and second we just want to continue doing these for you guys no we, question. Didn't, we didn't want to take a month break because you know we want you guys to like hear about our time in israel as we're in israel um but there's so many fucking mosquitoes in bugs. Oh my god! This entire podcast, we've been like, been doing dodges and like. I know yeah. that's that's why if our audio, we're holding our mics, we brought like smaller ones, so our audio audio ever goes from like louder to quieter, it's because we're shaking our arms to get bugs off of us. Yeah, we're doing a little like kung fu fighting. It's great. Yeah, like I have um, <laughs> I have probably accumulated around twenty bug bites in Israel already. I, I got them on my elbows, my feet. That's crazy. I haven't gone a single one. Are you serious? Yeah. Fuck you. And I don't use bug spray either. I but only used it once, but it doesn't work, so. Bugs just like, oh wait, maybe that's one. Yeah, Yoni, I have one on my, my leg. What is it? I got like two massive ones on both of my heels. It's so weird, but I think they're going away. Yeah, Mia's thing actually really helps. So our friend Mia, which. We'll Shout out Mia. She'll come on. She just didn't want to come on because she doesn't like how her voice sounds. But I was like, me and Manny sound like dog shit. I kind of like our raspy voices, though. You know, gr- um, it's very common for people to find m- voices sexy. Raspy voices? Yeah. Yeah. It's also common for people to find their own voice annoying, like I do myself. I don't at this point. I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's me. That's you. So don't be self-conscious of yourself. You be you, listeners. You, and if you're not you, get the fuck off the podcast. Get the fuck off the podcast. Be yourself. Oh, yeah, that's inspirational. But she'll be on. Um, she's really funny. Actually, this is a great time to mention it. We're considering for our next episode having people take 10-minute shifts on the podcast. I did mention that. Oh, was that um, on the... Yeah. I thought you just told me that prior. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we were recording. Oh, wow. But yeah, so let us let us know. We'll probably do it anyways, even if you guys don't want it. But you guys will want it. It should be pretty funny. Um, just to hear from everyone. So basically, if you guys like are confused on why the fuck we're here, we're basically on a trip with like 40 students from mainly Colorado. And we're just fucking vibing in Israel. So if you guys have never been to Israel, we highly recommend it. Right. And it's pretty fucking epic. And it's just very interesting because... Behind all the controversy is is really a very beautiful country. Yeah, and our tour guide is um, very aware and is trying to emphasize that just because it really is. The geography is so sick, and the history is yeah. bonkers. By the way, because like forty percent of Israel is a desert, you'd think they wouldn't have a lot of water, but they actually have like the best water system in the entire Middle East, which is pretty cool too. I know, and it's like kind of sad for all the other Arab countries, but. Yeah, and the Negev, they're they're somehow able to get water down to this kibbutz, and it's either like desalinated water from the ocean or from transported from the north, from like um, the Sea of Galilee or something, which is like a northern lake, pretty much. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? We can do Mount Rushmore. 
with Mount Rushmore top, to end it? Yeah, top four places you've been in Israel so far. Okay. Top four things we've done on this trip. Yeah, how about top four things we've done? Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll start us off. My first thing is go to Israeli doctor. Guys, I was literally dying of bronchitis. Okay, my left lung was starting to hurt, but now I have an anti-something. And antibiotic. Do you have an antibiotic? Yeah, I have an antibiotic and cough syrup, so I am no longer deceased. Yeah, that's my number one. <laughs> and then, are we taking turns? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I would say, uh, we've been in, like, so many tunnels. Oh, I would have to say, so we, um, it's called, like, Dig for a Day, and we basically go to, like, a live archaeological site. Like, it's a real archaeological site that, like, they're still working on. And we basically, the 40 of us, go and help them dig. So, honestly, like, we kind of help them out because we have a lot more manpower. But, so we, like, dig in these caves that were kind of in, like, the middle of nowhere. But, like, people lived there, like, during the Hellenistic period, I think, during the Greek times. And we found, like, hella fucking, like, archaeological artifacts. Like, we found, like, at one point, me, Manny, and our friend Robbie, who's been on the podcast, I think, episode Love three. Robbie. Love Robbie. We were digging together in this little thing that connected two of these, like, rooms in the cave. And we found so much shit. We found, like, handles to vases. We found bones. Hopefully not human bones. I think they were chicken bones. But we found so many, like, jar and vase fragments. It was insane. And one person found a whole-ass bowl. It's pretty cool. And I would just have to say, like, I've never... I've been to Israel a lot of times with my family, but that's just something you don't do with your family. And I thought that was so sick. Definitely. So it's like a cool activity to do anywhere, especially yeah. in Israel because there's so much history. Um, let's just you want you want to combine our our Mount Rushmore's. I feel like we're only a week in. We have done a lot. Okay. And, um, obviously I got to put the Western Wall in there, seeing the Kotel. I mean, somebody said, you know, it's not as big as you would think it is. It's not true. It's like, pretty big. When you're there. Every other thing fades away, and it's just you and the wall. I wrapped to fill in. If you don't know what that is, look it up. With uh, Yoni and Daniel there. Very beautiful. My dad wrote me an amazing letter. I love that man. Yeah. Yeah. No. The I read it there. The wall's pretty. And, yeah, I don't get people who say it's a lot less bigger than you think, because it doesn't look that big in the pictures. But, like... Yeah, it's pretty nice. What I really enjoyed, though, is the continuation. Like, when we went into the Kotel Tunnels, which is to the left of the Western Wall, and we go into Is this part of Mount Rushmore? We do. I guess we can include it. But it's... Uh, so we did a tour into the Kotel Tunnels. And basically, like, the Western Wall isn't just that fragment you see on, like, Google Images. Like, you, yeah, most people have seen it. It really is, like... It's part of the Temple Mount, which is really, like, large. So it, it, it runs for a while, but a lot of it, it's like the only, it's like the exposed part of the Western Wall that you see on the internet. But if you go into the tunnels to the left of it, then you can continue to see the continuation of the wall and like go up to it and like people pray there. And there's like a mini VIP synagogue in the Kotel Tunnel that's facing the yeah, Western Wall. Like the wall literally goes underground. And that, like, I, I don't want to say like one part of it is more holy than the other, but technically it is because. Basically, the reason the Western Wall is the holiest site in Judaism is it's because it's closest to the actual temple itself. 
Which is the closest where the Dome of the Rock is, and Jews aren't allowed to pray at the Dome exactly. of the Rock. Exactly. So Jews are not allowed to like go up on top and pray at the Dome of the Rock, which would be closest to where the temple was. I think was. they can go up actually, if they're if depending on what they're wearing. You just can't look super Jewish. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, they'll kick your ass out. So you can go undercover. I know a kid on the trip, Levi. Shout out to Levi. He said he's been at the Dome of the Rock. That's crazy. And the tour guide's like, no, impossible. She was French. My ours was, but we split into groups, but. <laughs> I thought that was, it, it does kind of suck, but, so, continuing on, down, the, if you keep going, like, uh, to the left of the hotel, into the hotel wall, you'll eventually run into the, like, the most closest part, where it was basically an entrance into the temple, because it was, like, so there was, like, entrances al- along the walls of the Temple Mount, so people can go in and, like, go up to the actual Temple Mount from, like, the city outside of it, and so that is, like, directly um, across from like the temple and where like the like the the holy side is like the what's it called the the rock yes <laughs> the foundation rock. foundation rock and so it's the closest like distance wise to it because it's directly across you're not going at it from an angle you're not looking at it from an angle and we were there and i'm like they should open this place up to the people i thought it was kind of like messed yeah, up right. that it's kind of like closed off you know well Hey, you know what I think last thing we should do, though? What? I think we should each say two things we're most looking forward to. Oh, also, we slept in the Negev under the stars, and it was the best sleep I've had the entire trip because the stars were so beautiful. Okay, talk. That, wait, talk. wait, pause, pause, pause. I want to say my not Mount Rushmore, the opposite of my Mount Rushmore, the least favorite thing I've done on the trip. Bronchitis. Well, you actually put that as <laughs> kind of You kind of put that as your Mount Rushmore. No, the getting rid of my bronchitis. Okay, true. Bronchitis, and for me, camping outside and sleeping under the stars. I know I sound, I know I sound, redonkadonk. Sleeping under the stars is beautiful, but I literally got maybe like two hours of sleep, and I lost my sweatshirt, and so I was freezing outside, and we didn't have tents. We just slept outside on tarps, and it was very painful, and cold, and I got even more sick, so. Uh, fuck you for saying that. Although the stars were really beautiful. I, know, I, I do agree. Like it was really nice. I looked at them for so long until I was like, okay, I'm ready now. Closed my eyes and passed out. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was I a took melatonin in like voice. the 10 minutes that it would have knocked me out. I was looking at the stars because everybody was, it was at the beginning of the night when everybody was stargazing. I was like, ah. You played yourself. Yep, yep. I did. Um. Do we need one more for the Mount Rushmore? Or do we finish? Or we're doing things we're looking forward to. Yeah, let's each say our one, the biggest thing we're looking forward to. What are you looking forward to, Manny? I mean, I don't want, I don't want to be basic, but like, the Dead Sea. That's not basic. Not everybody goes there. We're basically going sea to sea, and I think we end at the Dead Sea, don't we? No, no. no, We go from the Mediterranean to the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so that's something else then. But yeah, we're going to the Dead Sea, the lowest place on Earth. Should be cool. I love that. And if you guys don't know, you can literally float in it with nothing because it's so fucking salty. If you go there, protect your holes, people. Okay, Manny? I'm telling you that. Got it. Some of it seeped into my asshole last time and it burned. Oh, my God. But there's showers. like There's cool showers right next to the, like, the sea so that you can wash out your holes. Unbelievable. And when I was there, an old lady slipped on her back and we thought she died, but she was okay. Prayers to that lady. Uh, um, so just protect your holes when you're there, people. Um, yeah. Because it's so salty, that's why. 
it's just straight salt in your anus. Not fun for oh. anyone. <laughs> oh, nice rhyme. Okay, for me, um, ooh, I don't know. What do we got left? You know, Jerusalem is my city. is where I was born, if you guys didn't know. And we kind of concluded that, although we are coming back. But I would say, hmm, I don't know. I really fuck with a lot, but that already happened. Maybe, I don't know. The Sea of Galilee, the Golan Heights. I think Sea to Sea is going to be really fun. I haven't been to the north of Israel as much as other parts because I don't really have family up there. So I'm I'm really excited to see that. It's really beautiful. Very nice. It's like, it's, it's interesting because people say like, I think the Negev is beautiful, although it's a desert. Like, just like the mountains and like the canyons we saw were ridiculous. We don't get on but the sure. but the north of Israel, like Israel's in, it's in like it has like four different bio biomes. Like, At there's least, so many different yeah. climates here in such a small piece of land, like the size of New Jersey. It's ridiculous. Like all of New Jersey is the fucking same, like climate wise. You know I what know. I'm saying? And Israel's like we're special. So the north of Israel is very green and luscious, and it's cool. So it's just so cool. Great, so I'd say that that's great. fine. Yeah, guys, well, you know, next time we're going to bring on even more guests. More guests. Very nice. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Israel's fucking bomb. We wish you were all here with us. Yeah, and if you guys don't remember, this is not going to be on the YouTube. It's only going to be audio, so you can only hear our luscious voices. We would love to show you the view, but we will be posting um, dope-ass photos and very nice videos. Uh, from Israel, just so you guys get a, a little glimpse of our experience, because I think it's just cool. Cool. Anyways, with that, guys, we hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.